I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, hello, leavers and believers. Welcome to Leaving Hillsong. If it's your first time here, welcome along to our little show about what it's like to leave Hillsong, what it's like to question your faith, battle against people that you care about and try and understand what community and God means if those things uh, exist at all. My name's Tanya and I had a guest last week with me called Yolandi Bosch who was the subject of a response by Hillsong's newsroom in 2020 after she had engaged with Business Insider and done an interview explaining her experiences at Hillsong College and some of the things that hadn't gone according to the brochures, shall we say. Now, Laura Hamilton had also been a part of that interview and was also named in the response. And as I was reading along, I was like, oh, Yolanda, Yolanda, uh, Laura Hamilton, I know her. And I will tell you that I had been in contact with Laura for some months, just about Hillsong things with message back and forth so I had had contact with her before and asked her if she would be willing to complete this article which I will post the rest of uh, and talk to those concerns 
that she had and how Hillsong responded. So we're starting in part one of A Cult Within a Church, just uh, finding out how Laura wound up in Hillsong College and what that was like when she was there. Uh, she grew up in a Christian home. She'll tell you more about it. These colleges are a huge concern. They're the core of these organisations. And what the students have to say is incredibly important. This is where a lot of the tax-free kind of stuff goes through, the education side of things. Clearly, I'm not an accountant, but I, uh, yeah, as soon as you get a church, you get a college. Any pastor knows that. Then you can start leasing cars and printing t-shirts and claiming all kinds of things. So what the students have to say is incredibly important and to speak out counter to what an organisation like Hillsong has to say is a pretty huge move. So without further ado, here's part one of A Cult Within a Church with Laura Hamilton. Hi Laura, how are you? Going good, how are you? <laughs> good, good, good. Thank you so much for agreeing to have a chat with us about the rest of this response about the college. The college is such a a big, big issue and it's you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. Well, so, any time. <laughs> did you want to fill us in quickly on how you wound up there? Yeah. So, look, it was a bit of a, can I use the word journey? That's a bit of an annoying word these okay. days. Okay. <laughs> bit, bit of a journey to in getting to Hillsong. I found out about it when I was 16 years old and I just, I thought it'd be a really cool environment to head into after high school. And the thing with me is that I grew up in a Christian home. My family had sort of been everywhere when it comes to church. They'd been in the AOG, COC, CRC, Church of Christ Baptist, Presbyterian Vineyard. <laughs> So, yeah, we kind of been church hoppers and a lot of that was to do with the fact that my parents really didn't agree with stuff like the Toronto Blessing and prosperity mm -hmm. teaching and the Word of Faith movement. I think by the time I was 16 and super keen to get to Hillsong, that stuff, had, I think it had kind of died down in a sense. I, I feel like the, the Toronto Blessing or the, the Catch the Fire thing, as I think it became known, it sort of had its first round of bursts over the 90s and then it wasn't the, the hot topic so much anymore. So I think, okay. yeah, by the time Hillsong was a kind of presence in my life and therefore my family's lives, they really thought that that kind of, that brand of church wasn't you know, the same as, as what the AOG had been previously back in the early 90s. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I see that. I mean, you, you hear it from different people who come from either, you know, more orthodox or traditional backgrounds or in some way kind of more restrictive backgrounds as well. And it seems to be really appealing. Yeah. Like as well. We had started going to a local Church of Christ. The thing with that Church of Christ is that they were spirit-filled. So I believe within that denomination, there's not as much of an emphasis on the gifts of the spirit as, as what there might be in the Pentecostal denominations. I, I don't think Church of Christ is traditionally considered to be Pentecostal, but this particular one was. 
So, yeah, there, there was a, a lot of connection to Hillsong within that church. Okay. Um, yeah, the format of the services was very in line with Hillsong. And, of course, you know, the leadership, they'd go off to Hillsong Conference every year. The pastor's wives would go to colour every year and they'd, they'd come back refreshed and ready to, <laughs> okay. yeah, ready to bring what they'd learned in into the general populace of the church I suppose so by the time I was 18 I was in year 12 um, I was going to a Christian school and got to be about term three which is like winter here in Australia and my school my Christian school were doing this thing called mission week which is basically just a week of kind of learning that's not to do with the regular curriculum it's focused towards global Christian uh, missions so it was basically like a conference within the school and we had lots of organizations like YWAM and Wycliffe and Watoto they actually brought the Watoto children's choir to our school so that week every single day kicked off with a chapel service and on this particular morning it was my job to get up on stage and sing how great is our god (laughs) and just as I arrived on the school grounds, a friend comes up to me and she says, Laura, have you heard the news? It's terrible. And I didn't know about any news. What that news was, was the news about Michael Guglielmucci. Which is? Yeah. His, his cancer faking. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So when was that? 2008. 2008. So it was, yeah. I think the album was, was it This Is Our God? The Hillsong album where he'd uh, done his big stunt with the oxygen tank and he sang Healer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Mike Udlamucci was the son of another preacher man called Danny who's one of the old boys of, uh, you know, the AOG in South Australia, quite a senior person. And Mike had had this cancer diagnosis and had written this hit song about being healed and three years into it wasn't true yes so i Mm. had to get straight up on stage and process that as i led my whole school which was a primary school and secondary school through how great is our god in the middle of winter and it was outdoors and i don't know if it was the cold or if it was just the shock but towards the end i just about had no voice left like it was just such a oh, huge shock yeah, and all sorts okay. of, yeah like all sorts of thoughts were going through my mind like what if they were all in on it what if it wasn't just him i had no context or information other than what my friend had told me did you know him or anything i mean had you no not personally but music stuff yeah well, I I was never as much of a, a fangirl for Planet Shakers as I was for, say, Hillsong Worship, mm-hmm. but I knew them well. We performed, performed, <laughs> we played, we played Planet Shakers songs in church and in youth yeah. group. Yeah. Knew the song Healer. That was, that was a big hit even, I feel like it was around before it was ever a Hillsong number. So, yeah, but that being said, if that same friend who who informed me that morning and I we went to a conference at a at a large church in in Melbourne to hear his father Michael's father Danny Guglamucci speak I suppose he's just a bit of a one of the big AOG guys isn't he (laughs) yeah he was on the national exec he was at the Qantas meeting I believe he's yeah one of the old 
the old, old, the old boys. Yeah, from the old brigade. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, we had we'd gone to this conference. It was more my friend who was really enthusiastic about that. But yeah, I went along, so I knew who they were. But of course, when when they did that collab on that Hillsong album, for me, as far as my awareness went, when his profile kind of blew up. So yeah, it was oh, yeah. a huge shock. And I just remember in the days that followed, well, the days, weeks, months that followed, I just felt really weird about it. I felt uncomfortable. And I just started to think more deeply about the sort of commercialized aspect of worship music and of the church in general at that time. So I decided that Hillsong College wasn't going to be for me and that I'd take a gap year after school and just have a break from being a student for at least Mm -hmm. a year. What actually was going on at the same time, though, was that my parents made a decision that they were going to move to Sydney. My dad was in a you know, like a public service type job, meaning that relocation wasn't a very difficult thing for him. So yeah, they decided they wanted to move to Sydney. They wanted to be part of Hillsong and I had two younger siblings. So they were going to pack up and move us up there. So, you know, I was at a little bit of a loose end. I'd had jobs previously as a teenager, but during my year 12 year, I, um, you know, hadn't had a job, so therefore I didn't really have any money of my own apart from my allowance from my parents. So I just figured, well, my parents are moving to Sydney. Maybe I'll go with them. And then that opened up another whole issue of I'm moving to a whole new city. I don't go to school. You know, I'm not going to be in school. How am I going to meet people? So I thought, well, I'll maybe I'll have a go at this Hillsong College thing after all. And maybe at the very least it'll be a, a way to reestablish myself in a new city and maybe hopefully find a bit of a friendship circle and and that kind of thing. And what was it like when you got there? When I got there, we got there just at the end of 2008. So we moved there several days before New Year's Eve. Uh, And you weren't living there. I mean, you didn't need accommodation there. You were living at home, yeah? Yeah, my parents, they, they got themselves a house out in the Hills District They'd sold their house back in Victoria. Yeah, initially it was really cool. We went to Sydney New Year's fireworks at Circular Quay and a couple of friends came with us to help us move. So it was just a fun time. You know, we were having sleepovers and and that kind of thing. But I didn't kind of break into any kind of, well, I didn't meet people prior to college starting. Um, Apart from people who my parents met, I, I did go to... I don't even know what it was really. I don't know if it was to do with college, but it was some kind of creative team, like a meetup night. If that, uh, and it was at Hills. I think it was sort of down near the basement. And I did get chatting to you know a couple of people in the worship team. Okay, so when you first start college, what's that like? Starting college was actually kind of daunting, and that is because I realised that most of the other students were not from Australia, at least out in Hills. I don't know if that was the case at the, the city campus. Um, but, yeah, at Hills, uh, there were, it, it turned out there were only a handful of um, Aussies or students from New Zealand. And okay. that's not a problem at all, obviously, but what that meant was that 
they had already had all of that kind of ice-breaking kind of social orientation community. stuff yeah well okay. yeah and that was more through the college housing thing which I wasn't part of yep, yep. so I, I had to actually I had to try really hard to break in and and I had to be way more outgoing than I normally was like I wasn't a super shy person but yeah it was just it, it's like I don't know it's like going from a country town to the big city if that makes sense oh look I, I uh started a lot of new schools it's hard to be the new kid and I even remember like my first few days at uni at Sydney uni well weeks really and you just see all these people in groups and you think yeah, that start. Where'd that come from? Like, I just got you too. How come? How come you, there's like seven of you? Where were they all from? Americans at that stage. A lot of people were from America. There were a lot of Canadians, and yeah, there were a lot of Scandinavian students. Okay, it was really great in that sense to meet people from from different countries. But yeah, it was just that sort of initial thing with trying to meet people and make friends. And in terms of the actual curriculum what did you think of the education itself all right so I was in the the music stream I think they were calling it worship and creative arts or WACA <laughs> and I did I had a really super cool facilitator um, who I think is one of their musical directors and yeah I just that aspect of of college was really cool and I did have a really great tutorial group and yeah uh, there were a lot of opportunities to collaborate musically within that so yeah in terms of curriculum I don't have any memories of doing any written work at all apart from songwriting assignments and and this is a uh, sorry what is the actual qualification you are studying I think it was a certificate three in creative ministries okay. Okay. yeah recruitment anything yeah well yeah I I don't know how many other registered training organizations uh, provide that. I'm sure that there are certificates at that level in, you know, creativity and ministry or music ministry or whatever. So at what point do things go not quite as well? Okay, so things were great initially. Part of being a vocal major is I think you've got to go and do an audition because I, I, you know, I can understand they want to know, can people actually sing? Okay. So I got through mm -hmm. that and being a vocal major means that you serve on the choir. So I was in Sunday morning choir. I didn't have my driver's license at the time. So I was walking from the far end of Glenwood uh, to Hills Ooh. on a Sunday morning. Sometimes I could get a lift from mum or dad. Yes. Yeah, how, so, how far is that? Oh, look, it's a good, right now it's really about three Ks. So yeah, may, uh, yeah, that was a, what, like a 6.30 a.m. start for rehearsal. Okay, and then, right. Okay. So you've got to walk at 6.30 in the morning to get there. Right. Some, sometimes. Sometimes I could get a lift. But, yeah, we were on the way other end of, of Glenwood, so most of the students were up on the end that was closer closer to Hills Campus. Yeah, sometimes I could carpool with students. But, yeah, so early start, they would provide breakfast. So, yeah, I was on the choir. I got, I had to do several other volunteer opportunities and one of them was that I had to help out with a program called SAFE. SAFE is a support group for survivors of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So what that was, it was uh, setting up the space for those groups to be facilitated. Um, I was running down to, to Coles to buy some snacks and stuff for the attendees of, of that program. And yeah, just setting it all up and then clearing out before they get there. No issue with that. I think that was on a Monday afternoon. It's just that I was wanting to try and meet people and there was only one other person doing that with me really great person we had some mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. cool conversations and whatever but I was wanting to do something more like street teams and I tried really hard to get into a street team by that point I had made friends in my tutorial group and outside of it and yeah it was just seemed really hard to get into the street team and I just I wasn't successful in that <laughs> why, I mean why do you think that is who are they choosing and what is a street team sorry just for all right a street people. team so they they do community work they might go and help say an older person with their garden or they might help a single mother clean up her yard or you know, stuff like that kind of community service work in a way would you would you say mm-hmm. lawn mowing and that kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah it's my this is my opinion because i wasn't part of that team so i really can't talk much about who was in it but it sounds like maybe they didn't want local students in that or maybe they wanted to avoid having locals in that okay. I don't know I mean I, I now come well what Yolandi was talking about with her wanting to get some help for a woman in a in a DV situation uh, and them not wanting to get involved and she she highly she just said that she didn't have an awareness of what the local rules or laws or mm-hmm. guidelines were around that kind of thing, whereas it's more likely that that an Australian perhaps would. And it might be too, you know, culturally disorientating for people who've just arrived in the country. They might, yeah, it might just operate better as a PR exercise than community interventions. It, if people aren't familiar with local services and laws and cultures and values and stuff. So, well, maybe I, I'd be really interested to hear what Hillsong have to say about that. Yeah. Uh, they involve a lot of trust as well, uh, going to people's homes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. How much do the things that Yolandi was talking about resonate with you? Did you ever spend any time on Refresh or do you know anything about that? So I actually was on Clean Team. Clean Teams were something that was, it was not so much at a conference. Back when I was doing Hillsong Conference, uh, they weren't calling it Refresh, they were calling it Excellence. So Colour Conference, Hillsong Conference, it was called Excellence and they had a day team and a night team. That's right. I think we've heard that. Yeah. Oh, yes. But I was at Hills Campus. I was on the Hills Campus clean team. One or two nights a week, I was vacuuming the Hub Auditorium and the Hillsong Convention Centre. And that was the auditorium floor and the basement, the foyer. I don't remember having to do, you know, any office spaces or any anything apart from the public areas that would get traffic from uh, students during the college hours. So yeah, I was doing doing clean team. I also was doing uh I was doing crèche duty for healing services. Okay. And you're what sort of 18 at this stage? I was yeah, 18. I turned 19 that year, early in the year. With I mean a, a childcare experience or training or No. I did mm-hmm. have a volunteer working with the children check though. Mm, well. 
that's nice. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just to make sure you're not a convicted uh, child abuse offender. But it's, Should I mean, that in. <laughs> it's a big, I mean, it's a big responsibility for you. It's, you know, a big call for the parents. So did they check your first aid training? I didn't have first aid training. Well, you know, anyway. Yeah. So apart from that there was college college every day so it was a really it was a jam-packed schedule so college every day every day okay. there'd be a chapel service so I think they would split up chapel into combined whole college chapel and then they'd have little mini chapel services around them on the alternate days and they would be smaller groups um, and they would call those espresso espresso chapel because they're short and powerful <laughs> yeah oh, was, was that the day of, days of Gloria Jean's that was I'm pretty sure that was Gloria <laughs> Jean's days because they did have Gloria Jean's hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Cards after church. <laughs> and um, Gloria's was kind of uh, the local watering hole for the students. It was kind of an imperative, wasn't it? That was till I defected and started going to Michelle's patisserie. <laughs> <gasps> Can't say things like that. Actually, okay. when I did those coffee runs later on, when I was interning, that was wow. the uh, coffee shop of choice. Oh, someone's <laughs> going to get hurt feelings over that. Be careful. So yeah, there was yeah chapel every day, and then there was a you know our our music related class that was like one block, and then there was like a pastoral leadership tutorial group that I was in. Angela mm -hmm. Buckley was my tutorial leader for that. And then we would have big combined lectures, you know, usually in the hub auditorium because it was the bigger small space, if that makes sense. And, yeah, that's when we get speakers like Robert Ferguson, a lot of Lee Burns, Sanger, you know, old guys. Yeah. So there was that. There was Connect Group Monday night, once a fortnight. On Thursday mornings, there was the Hillsong Women's Service. So my volunteer roles for that were to be on car park duty, so directing the, uh, the women attending that service in the car park or to a car park. And then I was on atmosphere and that's basically being a, a seat fellow. <laughs> I went to powerhouse youth group on Friday nights. The, the rule was that you had to serve at two weekend services and attend to attend two of them. So I was going to Saturday night church just as an attendee and then serving in two services on the choir on a Sunday morning, back to back, and then attending Sunday night services. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, what kind of hours are we looking at there? I don't remember ever having like a family dinner during that time because yeah. I was 
I just sort of lived at church, I felt like. I'd get there in the morning for college, kind of around maybe 8.30 or so. And I just remember if I wasn't doing something like in a volunteer capacity, I was kicking around waiting for the next thing to start. So, yeah, I think most of my meals were had around Hillsong or down at the local shopping mall. Yeah, I spent more of my time most of my time at church or doing, yeah, church-related activities. In terms of hours, I would say that I was quite often on the go from like 8.30 in the morning until probably 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. You know how when you go to connect group it can it can go on a bit because it's also a social thing so there's sort of no not necessarily a a time limit on what time it ends and how did the social thing progress in the end so you were you know it was daunting in the beginning and there are all different cultures just in the one place how did it work out over time so most of my friends turned out to be um Canadian okay yeah I just sort of ended up yeah really getting along with a couple of Canadian girls and I joined their connect group yeah there were quite a lot of students from the United States so yeah I I had a, I did have a good friendship circle and you know they were all ages from late teens into you know early to mid 30s yeah there was a married couple in my tutorial group who are a little bit older than me they were really super supportive I think they were from Canada yeah quite a lot of I did have a lot of friends from South America so yeah it 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 turned out to be really good in that regard the first sort of big event in my memory when it comes Mm -hmm. to the Hillsong annual calendar I think is the Color Your World Women's Conference Mm -hmm. that was the first big event big Hillsong event that students got to be part of well make happen really and to be entirely honest with you Color Your World was probably the most positive experience that I had while I was at Hillsong and well unlike Hillsong Conference or you know the other events that they put on a lot of effort at least at that time was put into the manner by which students treat each other and the conference delegates it was all about building an environment that was friendly and inviting and warm and supportive and I've got to say they really did put effort into fostering that amongst the students so yeah it was just this sort of environment of elevated positivity and support uh, I was on the hosting team in the main auditorium oh. of the um, Sydney Entertainment Centre. Okay, what do you do as a host? Basically being like an usher in a theatre. Okay. I mean, that's a kind of a nice role to play at a conference. Yeah, and you get to see everything that's going on on the stage too. So you really mm-hmm. feel like you're not just part of it but making it happen and like you're kind of, it was like being a face of, of colour to those uh, conference attendees. Oh, is that something you could put on a resume? <laughs> I tried. Don't think anyone cared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Collierog was really great, really fun. It was at Darling Harbour. And I expected Hillsong Conference to be the same, to have the same feel, the same vibe, the same levels of support and camaraderie and that kind of thing. And it just wasn't. Kind of from that point on, because Collier, it's pretty early on in the year. I think it's uh, in March or it was in March back then. And yes. what had started to happen to me was that I started to develop a cough 
it didn't go away. It just got worse and worse. And while it was happening, I thought, is it just some irritation? Mm -hmm. I put it down to the kind of environmental aspect of always being at a church service in in the way that they, they run their services. So, and I talk about it in the Business Insider article, that all up over the course of one week, I'd be present in about 12 or 13 services put on by Hillsong, whether it was youth or chapel at college or espresso chapel or main church, Saturday night church. You know, there was also creative team night, the Hillsong women's service. It was repeated exposure to, you know, air conditioning, refrigerated air conditioning and fog from the the fog machines. And yeah, it just never went away to the point where I felt like I was constantly on the brink of having a coughing fit. So as a as a singer, that was, right, yeah, it was a real problem for me because I was exhausted from coughing. I lost a lot of strength from my voice. And yeah, I just came to really dislike the feeling of singing because I felt so sort of tensed up and always trying to hold off from having a a coughing fit and it just became really unenjoyable to me the feeling of singing when it had been something that I did really enjoy previously so Mm. yeah Mm. I just thought it's got to be something to do with this repeated smoke and all smoke when I say smoke I mean artificial smoke or fog back then I really didn't want to complain I didn't want to come across as negative or critical of the way that they they did things and I just really felt like I was the only one I, I didn't talk to any facilitators at college about it I didn't talk to any friends about it I just kept it to myself but I did end up changing my instrument to guitar instead of vocal wow that that was a real blow because yeah I just yeah really lost the 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 love of something that I had always loved it was something that I liked doing and something that in my life prior to Hillsong had created a lot of opportunities for communal experience with other musicians and I felt like it was sort of the one I was that I enjoyed the most I suppose so yeah so change of major I started to get really really tired and I lost a lot of weight I was walking everywhere had no money I had been trying to get like a casual or part-time job the whole time since I got to Sydney hadn't got anything and when I look back now I just think there's no way I could have because I had zero availability (laughs) I had no availability at all because there was something on every single day. Sundays were out of the question. So I just never, never got a job the whole time that I was there. So I was mm. broke. And that's the common experience from, you know, people that talk about being students at Hillsong. There's just, you just can't commit to an employer if, if you have time at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sick of being broke. I think I, you know, I had enough money from my parents to buy a cup of coffee and a sushi roll every day. And it's not that my parents were stingy, but it's just, I think, funding a 19-year-old uni student (laughs) and paying Sydney rent a bit hard. And also they were kind of hoping that I'd find a job at that Mm -hmm. age. So yeah, and, and that just didn't happen. I think it wasn't covered by you know like fee help or or any government assistance at all 
at the time I didn't qualify for any, you know, like student, what's it called? Youth allowance. And that was because that earns too much money. (laughs) So that's government funding for people at university. It's a welfare as such payment. And yet if you live at home and your parents earn above a certain amount, you're not eligible. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't take into account their cost of living, how much rent or mortgage or whatever else they've got to pay for. So so yeah, that be, was, yeah, earning a certain amount, have 10 children or, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> huge debts and, yeah, it just so, uh, and yet, I mean, full-time study is full-time study, so. Yeah, and I'd look around and, like, I'd see students with, like, Apple laptop computers and iPhones and $30 flip-flops those you know those Havianas that were super in back then so that that was also there was definitely a big wealth disparity factor at play so look what I found was that apart from you know the smoke machine irritation thing I realized one day when I well one evening sorry when I was at powerhouse youth you know singing along or trying to sing along to the to the praise and worship music i just realized like i'm spending so much time in a dark auditorium like this controlled environment with lights and fog machines and pa systems and and i just started to feel this big sense of depersonalization because I was just spending so much time within that format. It felt like it was becoming my main sort of interface with anything external to me, just always in in this place well, where I had to, yeah. yeah, to sing along or listen along, clap along. And I, I had gone from having a, a very Spielbergian childhood, you know, in country Victoria, riding bikes around with friends and <laughs> having adventures and, you know, all that kind of stuff to this really quite sort of artificial commercial environment. So that was starting uh, to make me feel quite depressed, if that makes sense. And it was more just like this sort of environmental or response to a big environmental change. Well, and I mean, if the change is to something artificial, then it's no surprise that it's going to change your perspective and how you feel. If you're spending all those hours every day, what's that, 12 times? Yeah, 12 hours a day at times, it's going to affect you, isn't it? If that's the culture is... Yeah, like a cog in a machine or whatever so there was that and then you know there was also kind of a I I noticed sort of a disparity when it came to what volunteer roles were given out and I I do appreciate that you know as a first year you're not going to be prioritized for for certain roles but then I, I did see that there were first years who were getting opportunities like personal assistant to leaders pastors and, and that kind of thing and I sort of thought oh what did what did they have to do to get that and why why are they kind of and lording it over the others what do you think that was about it could be any number of things it could be that they were pastor's kids who were known to uh-huh. Hillsong leadership it could be that they were just really uh, good at networking I remember <laughs> there was one music student I'm not going to name this student who look, there's, there's an attitude at Hillsong which is that it's not good to be a show-off it's not good to try and put yourself out there as a little kind of performing monkey to get the attention of the you know the big worship team and to be sort of fame seeking if that makes sense 
but this uh-huh. particular person, you know, must not have understood that and was just always pulling out his guitar during the times in between sessions or whatever and singing his little heart out and everyone would go, oh, he's so awesome. Who and- are those people? Like, it's so weird that people just start singing. Things. I know those people at parties too and they're just there in the corner going, yeah, and it's like I'm Jim Morrison, I'm great. I'm, yeah. It's not the series anymore, but there you go. Yes. Apparently to him it was. So that didn't have the effect of him being told stop showing up to everyone he actually sang on an album very early on in his career as a Hillsong College student yeah that that behavior was rewarded when I expected that you know because it was he he, to me I, I don't have anything personally against him I do think he was very talented but he just was in no way a humble person or humble about his musical ability so yeah I saw that the lack of humility was rewarded quite often there were also there was a famous well a guy who had a CCM career in another country who joined the college and he was straight in with you know the key people or, or the inner circle I should say yeah and I think he ended up with a bit of a bit of a Hillsong worship leader stint as well nice the uh opinion i ended up forming was that this is kind of like australian idol or it, you know it's like the, okay. the the squeaky wheels are getting the grease you know it, it really felt like a, a performing arts college where everyone's always trying to outdo each other okay. and not a not a real center of you know christian devotion and yeah not so much sadly what about the theology students were they different yes so they hillsong had like a partnership with alpha crucius college which prior to that i think it was called southern cross bible college yes and it's a very nice partnership they i don't know what the board looks like today but everybody's on everybody's boards and alpha crucius is the body that accredits the courses that hillsong college teach so if they want to run a a bachelor degree or a master's degree it's alpha crucis who assesses and accredits that and it's this really interesting symbiotic kind of interrelation yeah, yeah. and he'll song of a provider you could start off doing your certificate three in whatever it was pastoral leadership or dance or or music or whatever and then i'm pretty sure you could keep going and then you could go on to a you know like a diploma Mm. up to degree but you could also just enroll straight up in a degree through alpha crucius and yeah i never really rubbed shoulders with them they were to me it felt like they were kind of in their own little league they were the serious degree students a lot of times a lot of people would be like shout out to the degree students you know from the from the stage and they get a great big round of 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 applause Well, yeah. they, I mean, I'm guessing they're the ones that might go on to start mega churches of their own one day. You would think so. But that being said, like, uh, I don't know that Carl Lentz finished up, finished his studies at Hillsong College. I'm pretty sure Joel Houston only did six months. So mm. I guess mm. I'm about as qualified as him. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be as qualified as a, a Houston or, or a mega church pastor. Okay, so, yeah, what happens next? 
Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling a sense of depersonalization. I'm coughing all the time. Uh, I'm getting really over the attitude of other students or the attitudes, the kind of pyramid structure of the whole leadership thing, the, oh, the networking environment was exhausting. There was, there was a lot of name dropping all the time amongst students and you know, stuff like, oh, Nigel Hendroff looked at me the other day. <laughs> stuff like that. Just constantly trying to create associations between themselves and what students would refer to as the famous people, you know, the Darlene Checks and the Ruben yeah. Wiggins yeah. and yeah. all of them. <laughs> so getting a bit disheartened, sick of being broke, sick of living on one cappuccino and one sushi roll a day <laughs> and oh that's that's right. not good that's not funny at all I mean that's are those I mean these are these are cult techniques these are things you read about uh in the moonies or you know really restrictive cults where they exhaust you you don't get to eat enough you don't get to sleep enough you're overworked you're disorientated yeah, and I have mm. actually read 1984 by George Orwell <laughs> as one of my texts in English in Year 12, and I'm not trying to say I'm super smart for comparing Hillsong to 1984 at all, but I could just sort of see systemic parallels, if that's a term. Yeah, just the sure. effect of being so exhausted all the time that you didn't really have an opportunity to assess what's happening to you yeah. or to become aware of the system that you're in if that makes sense yeah it was just getting a little bit the sheen was wearing off and Hillsong Conference began to draw quite close and it's all hands on deck at that point once once church starts gearing up for for conference gee I feel like I'm back there already I'm using the lingo <laughs> They do their six hot weekends thing, which is, I think it's the six weekends that lead up to Hillsong Conference. Right. And also during that time, students have to do internships. And that's basically just to get through all of this work that otherwise wouldn't get done because of everyone shifting their focus onto Hillsong Conference. So I didn't really feel like I'd forged any kind of relationship, a professional relationship with any pastors or people in leadership at all who I felt comfortable in approaching about getting an internship and they, they they put it on the students maybe it just saves them work by transferring that responsibility onto students but sure. in any case I think the the language around it was that you've got to put yourself out there and you know make it happen kind of thing so yeah I was like well I don't know um, you know I haven't gotten a PA position or I'm not I'm not cleaning floors at I don't know so-and-so's house mm. <laughs> at that point I was really strongly considering not continuing you know maybe staying in Sydney and trying to go to uni or but yeah, I, I was just a bit sort of disheartened and money was such an issue. I felt really bad about the idea of my dad forking out for another semester. So it was just getting to be a, a lot of pressure. Can you tell I'm like an 80s kid that I love like a horror story, dramatic cliffhanger. But I do think there's a lot of important information in what Laura is saying and so it's important that you stick around for part two. I love the detail that she's gone into and the openness with which she's telling a story. So it'll be out ASAP. Do make sure you lurk around the social media of your choice. Keep up with what's going on here. 
Thank you so, so much for your time today, spending it with us, catching up with the old newsroom. We will address those issues in part two. Do make sure you also like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, support us in any way you can. If you're liking what you hear, could even uh, campaign your local MP because these are our taxes. Keep being kind to you. Keep being kind to the next person. And uh, do what you can. Keep leaving Hillsong. Because we'll talk soon. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.